let's go to show on the road. <laughs> I love singing fish. Do I know what? That's going to be the intro of the episode. Welcome to all the power play, folks. <laughs> it's me, your boy, Brian, as always, joined by my co-hosts, the beautiful singing voice of one Matthew Fisher. And you know the hysterical laughter and <laughs> and just joyous giggling oh. of Adam Creighton. How are we doing, gentlemen? I'm dying. I'm living, I'm living boy. You're dying. I'm living. We're two different opposite men, Adam. And I'm, and I'm stuck in this weird kind of fugue state that some might call purgatory. Welcome to life. Oh, God. Welcome yeah. to episode. episode. Welcome to Go episode ahead. number 39, Dominic Hashik. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so everybody's going to keep saying I'm leaning goalie heavy on these numbers. It's not he just is. me. I'm getting these numbers off of thehockeywriters.com. You can blame whoever wrote this article. Ooh. You can blame me. the hockey writer. Exactly. Uh, so Dominic Hasek is the latest goalie to appear on this list and is one of the most deserving. Forced to adopt the number 39 when his 31 was taken by Grant Fuhr, Hasek made 39 his own. He won a whopping six Vesna trophies in Buffalo before being yeah. traded to Detroit Red to the Detroit Red Wings, where he ended his career. Uh, some notable runners up, Travis Green and Logan Couture. Hey, there you go, Adam. Good for you, buddy. Yeah, something uh, good came out of the city of San Jose. You guys you smell ever, that? You guys, you guys smell smell you something? See the, you know what I'm smelling right now? You know what I'm smelling? I smell barbecue. I think so. I'm, guess, I'm guessing you lit up a huge fart and you're just smelling the joy of it. Not you know, if that's what you want to call it, we can call it that. But preseason hockey is this uh, month. It is September. It does kind of smell like farts, but it's this month. We have the Montreal Canadiens and the Maple Leafs, also the Wild and the Blues, squaring off in preseason action 18 days from now on September 25th. And I am just absolutely gushing with hockey excitement right now, as I feel like we all should be, as it's finally getting a little bit brisker in the morning. Things are getting a little chilly. Maybe a sweatshirt's involved. And that's when you know hockey season's coming. To hell with football season. I didn't care. Give me hockey season. You care. Shut up, Matt. We're not a football podcast. I'm just saying, don't say you don't care because you care. Trying to get the folks excited care. here. Well, Adam doesn't I don't care. care. Exactly. See? I'm hockey guy through and through. Yeah. Yeah, Live. not the hockey guy. That is a YouTuber. No, that's, no, that's a completely different He's, guy. He is Adam. And we move on. So <laughs> we have a relatively – I'm not even going to call it short because this could go off the rails really fast. Yeah. Uh, so we have – an episode of duration to be decided later. <laughs> we are gonna the the pre podcast conversation. I uh, ooh. I, yeah, be here till tomorrow. Yeah, uh, pre podcast conversation was me and Matt yelling back and forth about the Eagles, and Adam just kind of taking it all in <laughs> as we yell at each other. It, it was very, it, it was very much uh, oh. the PHL flashbacks, uh, except just not on air, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but as we are a hockey podcast, let's talk that hockey. So last week we were talking about the Jasperi Kotkaniemi offer sheet and what we thought the Canadians were going to do. Turns out 
they did exactly what I thought they weren't going to do. And they let it stand. They did not match the offer. Uh, Jesperi Kakanyemi is now a Carolina Hurricane uh, set up for a year, 6.1 million. And in return, Montreal gets a first and third round pick in the 2022 draft. So I got to ask you, gentlemen. One of those is leaving. So, yeah, one of those is leaving relatively shortly, right? Uh, dependent on how the season plays out, which we'll talk about. Indeed. But I got to ask you, gentlemen, do you think this, A, makes the Carolina Hurricanes better, and B, do you think that Montreal made a mistake by not bringing their 21-year-old stud back? Two very different questions. Uh, Two very different questions. I'll, I'll start with the first one. I think it makes them deeper uh, forward, which, I mean, they already pretty were a pretty deep team to begin with. Um, you know, it's interesting to see how they're going to vibe together. I mean, it's not like he's going to a, a rough locker room. They seem to be pretty tight down there in Carolina. But – uh where where he's going to fit in that lineup, I mean, that really all depends on how Rod Brindamore brings him in on, come training camp, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And you're you right. Know, they, Bud? They, they have built kind of this atmosphere of, like, really being a tight team down there. Uh, you can kind of tell with how much fun they have with the, uh, the storm surge and stuff like that post-game. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you don't like the storm surge. It's I, like one yeah, of the really. most fun things in hockey. We talked don't, about it on the PHL. Don Cherry. And don't I like Don it. Don Cherry. But at the end of the day, when you're playing the Carolina Hurricanes and you, they beat you and then they do that, it's just like, uh. You know, one more time for the crowd there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get that people in the back? Yeah, I think everybody heard that. I think everybody heard that one. Adam, I will uh, I will pass the first question off to you. Uh, do you think this makes the Hurricanes better in acquiring? Um, I don't know if we can consider him talented quite yet, but uh, a very young and very unproven Jasperi Kakanyemi. I feel like the word you just used, unproven, kind of leads to the answer of, my, of the question, which is I feel like it's a yet-to-be-determined uh, I guess acquisition as far as if it's going to pan out or not. Carolina has been very confusing, in my opinion, this offseason with some of their, their acquisitions and deals and whatnot. Biggest one being letting Alex and Delkovich go. Right. Um, that was a that's fascinating the biggest? move. That's the biggest? In I'd my opinion, let, let I, I think so. Doing anything possible to bring back Hamilton is probably their biggest. Yeah, but at the same I think time. it depends on the way you're looking at it. Yeah, I, I could see either way. I, I see what Fish is getting at, but at the same time, I feel like it was almost a foregone conclusion he was leaving. I, it was just a matter. I thought he was staying. I, I'll be completely honest. At the beginning of season, off season, I thought he was staying. I was divided, but. I digress either way. Uh, the Hamilton acquisition, though, in and of itself is a, a head-scratcher, or like letting go of is a head-scratcher. So 
it's yet to be determined. I think I'll let the season kind of dictate the answer to that question. Um, as far as Montreal's side of things, it's a similar situation. I think I would probably want Kakaniemi over Dvorak. I mean, that's not to say that Dvorak's a bad player, but I just feel like there's more upside to a younger Kakaniemi than a four-year-older player of the same position. Yeah, he has kind of a higher cap for his potential of what he could be. Um, I just think they're paying a lot for one year, though. Yeah. At six mil on a flat cap? I wonder how much of that was Cockney's agent working something out and Carolina being like, all right, we'll settle at the one year because if we go anymore, we don't want to sell the farm system. Yeah. If, if they went higher, that uh, the, the allotment of picks that Montreal was going to receive if they didn't match would have been probably astronomical. It, I think it would have been four to six picks, something like that. If Chell has taught me anything, I feel like just based off of the one time six mil contract, I feel like if they got any higher than that, that you would have been looking at at least four first round picks. Yeah. Which is Which insane baffling, to baffling to pay for, like we said, unproven uh, individual in Cock and Yemi. Uh, so that you leads do that me. For McDavid. Yeah. That leads me into my second question. Do you think Montreal made a mistake by doing this, or do you think that they can spin this in their favor coming off the season they just had? Well, it seems to me like things kind of played out the way they wanted to. They, they obviously didn't want Cock in the Emmy. They were listening to offers on him from Carolina up until the offer sheet. And then as soon as they decided now nah, we're not going to take it, they upped and spun the pick, the first round pick over to Arizona for the guy they wanted. So I don't know. I think regardless of if this deal happened, I feel like they were going to go on a, on the backswing as far as how next season was going to play out. I don't think they have the same kind of playoff run or right. road to the playoffs that they had this year, just because of the division realignment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of the hockey's a weird sport, man. Crazy things happen. Montreal made the cup final. <laughs> I mean, for that's- absolutely no reason whatsoever. Like the St. Louis Blues were last place a couple of years ago and then came back and won the cup. Hockey is just weird. Crazy things happen. Jordan Bennington, baby. What a magnificent man. Anyways. Uh, Buffalo Matt, can win I the will... cup next year for all we know. That's a very good point. Matt, I will uh, turn that question to you then. Do you think Montreal made a mistake or do you think that they played this off well? Well, it depends on what you consider mistake short-term, long-term, um, the way they w- were planning on uh, drawing up their team. Like, going into the bubble, uh, you could say Kakamiemi was their biggest prospect piece before Mr. Cole Caulfield came up to the scene. But it seemed like when Caulfield came up to the scene, it really gave uh, a- an option with Kakamiemi of not letting him not making him continue to be a Canadian because at the end of the day, if he does produce well, they're going to have to pay him. 
it seems like they're already going to have to play Caulfield. I don't know if they've already paid Suzuki, but they're going to have to nope. pay Nick Suzuki. Um, he gets paid next and, season. Yeah, next season. So it's a uh, – I think in their both short-term and long-term uh, plans with it, I think they can replace him. But at the end of the day, it, it looked like Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Kakadiemi were going to be the three-headed monster of, of, in offense that were going to be the future of the Canadians. And, you know, he kind of showed in the Stanley Cup final when they weren't playing Kakadiemi that that wasn't the case. So I think it will because, you know, that depth, that depth and forward, it's really big, so right. I think it will, and that's that's the angle I was also looking at it, uh, Matt, uh, because you look at what they had, young and talented wise. It's Suzuki, Caulfield, and Kakanyemi. If you look at those three, the one you really don't need was just Barry Kakanyemi. Well, you need Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. That's your right. future, and I think Montreal saw that and was like, look, we don't necessarily need just Barry Kakanyemi, and he's going to ask to get paid when the time comes. We need to worry about this two-horse race and not confuse things with a three-horse race. Two Especially horse, when you already horse. have Carey Price's contract against your flat cap at a calm, cool 10 mil until, what, 2027? Something like that? Uh, yes. Yeah, so just I personally I think Montreal played this off really really well when I when I did some more thinking on it because of who they do have to worry about signing in the coming future, especially Nick Suzuki. You could look I at just, Nick Suzuki as your future captain almost. Yeah. Could look at Cole Caulfield as a potential 40 goal scorer, Art Ross trophy winner. And also, I don't know where his contract is right now, but Thomas Shabbat uh, he is not even here. Where is he? Shabbat. Is he not on the team anymore? He's not here. What? I, I don't see him. Shabbat. Shabbat. Thomas Shabbat. Oh, wait, is- he's, yeah, no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Hold on. Uh, are you thinking of Petrie? No. Or Ben Sherat? Yes, Sherat. Not Shabbat, Sharat. Judge Shabbat me. Okay. Judge me. Uh, he yeah, has, what's, uh, what's he at right one now? Year, this, he's on his last year of a 3.5 mil. Exactly. And he's probably, they're going to want to bring him back. And also, you got to think about, got to think about, he's probably going to want to get paid. He's a pretty good defenseman. <laughs> oh, I just realized they have Cedric Paquette. I'm, I'm over here concerned about their center depth. And then I see Cedric Paquette. I'm like, okay. <laughs> they got they got the pocket rocket yeah they they lost to no which i feel like was probably one of the bigger mistakes montreal made right like that was probably what cinched a lot of what happened for them in the playoffs with how good he is in the faceoff circle uh so i don't honestly know how good at faceoffs suzuki caulfield or dvorak Paquette, I feel like, can at least get the job done as a third liner at the very least. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know either, but you're going to want to pay those guys. So I actually, I do think that Montreal made the right move here. 
And actually, I do think it's going to benefit the, the Hurricanes as well. Um, to move forward with some more NHL news, Adam wanted to title this segment, What the Fuck Ottawa? And I, have, I would have to agree uh, because yeah. the Ottawa Senators extend their GM, Pierre Dorian, until 2024-2025. Since he has been their GM, the team has been 149, 180, and 44. The only year they have made the playoffs in that span of time was his first year in 2016 when they had that pretty pretty cool run where unfortunately it was ended by the Pittsburgh Penguins in the conference finals. Or the conference semifinals. Conference finals. Conference finals, yes. Um, so that being your only successful year, not not great, not awesome. Uh, especially because the fire they are. Because after that, it's losing season, losing season, losing season, losing season. You you had a losing season in a shortened year. It was fifty six games, and you went twenty three and twenty eight. You didn't have time to mess it up at the end. There was no end. It was the beginning and the middle, <laughs> and then it stopped. And you still couldn't pull it together. I don't know if he has this kind of elaborate plan in the works or whatever that the organization seems to be on board with, but extending him that long when he hasn't done anything beneficial for your team. Cause if you think about it in 2016, he didn't build that team as his first year as GM. He didn't make that team. The teams he did make all sucked. <laughs> Those teams finished in seventh, eighth, seventh, sixth. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, Adam, maybe talk some sense into me, uh, sense into it. Matt, you make sense of it. I don't get it personally. I, I titled the segment, what the fuck Ottawa. So, I mean, I don't get it either. Especially when you take into consideration the difficulties they seem to have in re-signing Brady Kachuk. Yeah. Even your best player doesn't really know if he wants to come back. I think he does. It sounds like they're lowballing. I thought that was the reports I was seeing. I very well could be wrong. I, I don't know how to read some days. I really wouldn't be surprised if they were lowballing him. I thought you were about to tell me you wouldn't be surprised if I didn't know how to read. <laughs> was no, confused. well. Not I offended, mean, but kind of concerned. You are I neighbors with Bigfoot, so I don't know about your schooling mm. system. I did go to school with you. Yeah, we did all go to the same college. I think we know it's true. It's true. our ability to do things. Mm. Not awesome. <laughs> mean <laughs> I was I was kind of mean to myself there though you know mean to everyone well you gotta do what you gotta do you're a tremendous slouch oh yeah thank you yeah yeah you're, <laughs> you're welcome you know what I admire about about Matt with these episodes is how comfortable he looks every single episode it's true I aspire mm. to be that I'm on this rickety wooden chair you can hear it. Like, look at all this movement this chair has. That's why. You look, pretty, you look pretty movie. Dude, this, this, this chair's hips don't lie. Full Shakira <laughs> with this chair. <laughs> full, full chair Shakira. That's it. Shakira. Yeah, so the Ottawa Senators <laughs> do that, which makes zero sense. Um, 
literally our only comments on it is that it's dumb. And that's going to prove itself, I guess, for the next four to five years. Rumor uh, apparently can't is, do a damn thing. Rumor apparently for Kachuk is that there is a eight times eight uh, deal on the table, but nothing has been confirmed. He's probably going to want more than eight. That's probably why. Probably. He's probably get, looking for more eight nine. Get get his brother in there. That'll that'll lock things up. Yeah, if you bring in his brother, he'll probably ask for less just for that purpose alone. It's, it's the season of, of sibling pairings in the NHL, apparently. I like it. There's in Seattle. There was a couple other ones. Who's in Seattle? Uh, Kale and I can't remember the other kid's name, Flurry. Oh, right, the Flurries, right. Um, yeah, let's see the Every- Shen brothers back together while we're at it. Where's Luke Shen nowadays? Did he retire? Uh, yeah, he just know. retired after winning his second straight Stanley Cup with Lightning. Did he? Yeah, I get that. Because <laughs> I had they, I had him in Vancouver. No, he's playing Vancouver. Oh, alrighty. Luke Shen. Look at Luke Shen go. Still yeah, playing. Playing Vancouver. Not a great defenseman, Luke Shen. Uh, the Two Flyers. The Flyers tried the whole Shen brothers thing. Didn't work. I mean, yeah. I think it's a Flyers problem, not a. Shut it the- was a Flyers problem. Was past tense. Thank you, Adam. Moving on. <laughs> Damn it. Um, venom so, that came out of fish. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, have you gentlemen been able to watch this documentary, this Netflix doc? I have. I've been told to watch it. I did not watch it. Hey, dude, you got to watch it. Uh, it's called Crime so and Penalties. It is so good. For those so of you that good. haven't watched it, it's on Netflix. Just go watch it and then come back here. So we'll wait. Hold on. Welcome We're back. We're not waiting. We're not waiting. Back. Um, <laughs> so since you've watched the documentary now, and if you didn't, spoiler alerts, it's going to happen. So this pause documentary, the episode again. They pause the Go episode. watch it. <laughs> um, so it's based off of this mob family in Dansbury, Connecticut, who was involved in, I guess the mob scene took over the trash industry in yeah. Connecticut, always, New York. Always does. So everywhere. So they were running the trash company. This dude was making literally millions upon billions of dollars. And his son, who was 17 years old, uh, was a hockey player, got injured and couldn't play hockey ever again. And so his dad decides to buy the rights to a UHL franchise, the United Hockey League, which is along the same uh, level as the ECHL. If you want that, it's no longer active. Was no longer an active league, Um, but the he buys the rights to a franchise in the UHL, brings it to Dansbury, Connecticut, and they're called the Trashers. (laughs) Get it? Because he does trash. Um, Great logo, great logo. And he gives the team to his seventeen-year-old son. So the seventeen-year-old is the GM of this UHL team. Not only does he form a winning team. But this team beats the shit out of everybody with former NHL talent and tough guys, just former absolute grinders. And then also Stanley Cup goal winning Mike Rupp (laughs) for whatever reason. Because remember, in 2004, 2005, when this story happened, there was the NHL lockout. So there was NHL guys with nowhere to play. So Mike Rupp plays for this trashers organization in Dansbury, Connecticut. 
and they make it to the finals of the UHL where they do end up losing to Kalamazoo, which, by the way, awesome that there's a hockey team in Kalamazoo. Anyways. Um, They're rivals. That was a storyline, too. There's a whole storyline. You guys got to watch this documentary. It is absolutely fantastic. Uh, There is Trashers merch all over the place now ever since this dropped. People are buying Trashers stuff left and right. I have their record, too. Yeah, because they only played for one season. Two. Two seasons. 04-05 and then 05-06, which was the year they lost in the final. Uh, But those two seasons, they played a total of 156 games and went 92-46-0, losing 18 times in the shootout. Not not big shootout guys. These uh, these seventeen. So seventeen shootout losses. Well, I would say it's kid's seventeen years old. Yes, he's a seventeen-year-old GM who has put together quite the winning franchise. Ninety-two W's. Sounds like me and Shell. It does sound like you and Shell. (laughs) Um, But honestly, great documentary. Go go out of your way to watch it. Um, It's incredible. Uh, go trashers, man. I'm on the trash wagon. Bring them back. Bring back the trashers. I want it. I need it. Uh, in more NHL center oh. news, let's go through some of the signings that happened since the last episode. We're going to start, and this is one of the most shadiest things I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> look, I'm sorry, Billy, uh, our, our partner at, on Southside and one of the hosts of uh, Take a Pitch. But this is one of the sketchiest, shadiest, sus things I have ever seen in my life. Apparently, the NHL is scared of Lou Lamarillo because they, he had four guys ready to sign and never announced that he had, he, I guess he had just had the contracts in his desk waiting to announce it to make the league think that he had all of this cap room that he didn't which is so shady. It's it's like the Tampa Bay Lightning shadiness from this mm. last year where they were technically mm. over the cap. I guess. I don't know if I put those on the same level of shady. shady. Uh, maybe different levels of shadiness, but still both we'll shady. I feel like the, the Islanders are a little bit more slim shady. Than so, so the Islanders had Anthony Beauvillier, Kyle Palmieri, Casey Zizekas, and Ilya Sorokin signed and ready to go. And finally announced it a month later that they're all signed. Announced them all four of them at the same time, which I don't know why that doesn't seem suspect to anybody else, but whatever. Uh, so Ilya Sorokin, three uh, years, four million. Casey Sezikis, six years, two and a half mil. Kyle Palmieri, four years, five mil. And Anthony Beauvillier, three years, four and, uh, four and 15 mil. So that's how much cap? Nine. 11, 15 million caps signing four guys. Not half bad. No. I would call that pretty good GM work by Lou Lamarillo, even though it was sketchy as shit. Sketchy. I mean, they currently have no cap room, but hey. Yeah, uh, well, that's kind of the problem with this whole flat cap thing. Nobody has I think cap they have, room anymore. They might have LTIR. They might, be, they might actually be able to dip into the Tampa Bay Shady. Are they doing the Tampa Bay Shady? They could. With this whole flag cap thing, I don't see why every NHL team won't do the LTIR thing. It's, yeah. 
unless the league cracks down on it, I could see almost every team doing it, seeing how the Lightning were like, no, 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 no. He's on LTIR. No, 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 no. And then here comes Nikita Kucherov in the playoffs to smoke everybody. (laughs) Absolutely wild. But either way. Hot hot take. Uh, Hey, San Jose, how about we put a EK9 on LTIR? Just, just a Ooh, that actually might not be the worst idea. Just, just, um, just a I feel like it's kind of kind of at the point now. But in other signing news, the Buffalo Sabres, because oh. they almost didn't reach the cap floor, had to sign some guys. So they ended up re-signing Casey Middlestat and Henry Yokiharu, right? Yokiharu, that's yes. how it's pronounced. Yes. Yes. Henry Yokiharu. Uh, he gets three uh, years, two and a half mil, and Casey Middlestat gets three years, two and a half mil. Uh, so only five mil spent between the two of them. So I guess they're really looking to keep it low because uh, that barely puts them over the cap floor, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I actually don't know what the cap I think it just squeaks them over the 45 mil. Uh, you know, they're at projected at having 57 mil. Okay, so so they they have squeaked by – the cap floor. They still um, have 23 million to spend. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think they plan on spending it. Probably not. There's no one to spend that. And there's no one worthwhile spending on for that team. Uh, and in other news for bad teams, uh, the Detroit Red Wings re-signed Philip Kronick three years, 4.4 mil. Not a bad signing. Not a bad signing. I feel like that's an underrated signing. It is. It's a highly underrated signing that could prove to be, quite beneficial for that team if they can turn it around uh the ottawa senators re-signed drake batherson six years 4.97 mil yowzas i think think that's going to be another underrated signer i think so too but quite the uh the term on that six years for the kid kid put Uh, up 34 points this season excuse me yeah wow okay so not too shabby and last but not least, the Philadelphia Flyers re-signed their leading goal scorer last year, Joe Farabee, six years at five mil. Hmm. As far as Pay I'm concerned, kid. that's a steal. Pay the kid. I don't know if five mil is I'm going to consider that paying the kid. Oh, but, well, uh, I, mean, I think in for year... A 20, for a 20, what, two-year-old? Yeah, I think by year three of this contract, that's going to be an absolute – it's going to look like the Couturier contract where he was only making three and a half mil for doing what he was doing, which is redonkulous. That's why he ended up getting paid, but either way. Uh, I do think that at probably the middle point of this contract, it's going to look like an absolute steal, uh, barring he stays healthy and all things like that, knock on wood. Um, so those were the signings that have happened in the interim between episodes. And uh, we got the last part of the episode here, but it's probably going to be the longest. And we are going to be making our early season or before preseason division predictions. What I'm going to ask the gentlemen is what they think is going to shake out in these divisions. And then also the top three teams that are going to come out of there. And the one kind of one wild card contender they think is going to come out of that division. So. We're going to start off, we're going to go in alphabetical format, so we're going to start with the Atlantic because the divisions have gone back to normal. So we're going to start with the Atlantic in the Eastern Conference, and let me give you the list of teams here. 
the Florida Panthers, the Boston Bruins, Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning, Ottawa Senators, Montreal Canadiens, Detroit Red Wings, and the Buffalo Sabres. So how do you think this one's going to shake out, gents? Because I see four really competitive teams, one I don't know, and three bad. I really don't know either. <laughs> this is who. All right, Matt, what's what's your outlook on this division here? Well, looking at the teams that just got, were in the North Division last year, so that's Toronto, Montreal, I think they're, they're going to have a tough time uh, dealing with these tough opponent, tougher opponents. Um, I think these two teams are going to be fighting for a wild card spot. That's Toronto and Montreal. Uh, as far as the other division, I mean, you, you've you seen what Tampa's been able to do uh, winning back-to-back cups. Do I think uh, they'll be winning the division? I can't confidently say I think they'll win the division, but they will make the playoffs. The Panthers, I mean, they're they're – a really stacked team. Uh, they're getting Aaron Eckblad back healthy. I think uh, they're going to be a real top dog. I think they'll be a top three. And I look at Boston as kind of like your third place slash wild, wild card team. Okay. Okay. I like that shakedown. Adam, how about you? Oh, looking at, I'm writing off Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa. I don't see that. Yeah, you might as well just, they're, they're not they're even right the picture here. Yeah. Uh, Boston and Tampa are my top two right now. I don't know what they stack up. I think I'm giving Tampa the edge for the simple reason that Boston's goaltending is kind of up in the air. Uh, they don't have Tuca, and all they got is Linus Olmark. I don't know if that's really good. Their defense is going to, I think, have to pick up a lot of the workload. So I think I got. Tampa, Boston, and Toronto as my top three. And Florida is going to be my wild card. Florida is your wild card there? Yep. I think Montreal is going to have a a, a, uh, a hangover season, if you will. Okay. Okay. I can agree with you there. Uh, so, for me, again, I'm going to reiterate what Adam said. Uh, Detroit, Buffalo, and Ottawa right off not even going to be uh, in the equation. So, really, it's a five-team deal at this point. I have Tampa winning the division. I think that just kind of goes without saying. I I just think they're the better team that's just all around, uh, especially in the goaltending and defense department where it kind of matters in a division like this. Mm. Uh, so with that being said, it's between four teams for spots two, three, and a wild card. I actually have Florida being the – wild card team coming out of there i have florida in the wild card spot and solely because i don't know if uh knight is going to be as great as everybody everybody thinks he's going to be uh missing chris dredger is kind of big for this franchise right now unfortunately um but we'll 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 have have to see we do have Bob, bob right yeah but still he's getting up there in years and he might not be the same guy next year we don't know um so uh, because of that, I have Florida being the wild card spot. And then I have third place being Toronto and second place being Boston. 
Um, and that could honestly change because of Boston's goaltending scenario. Uh, by the way, I just want to speak this into the universe. Tuka Rask back to the Maple Leafs? No. Hmm? I don't think. Hmm? I, I For one, Tuka, I think it's gone on record and saying it's Boston or nothing. I'm I don't pretty going to retire. It's so. Bean Town or I go. To hell with Bean Town. Either way. Um, Plus, I think Toronto's all in on um, Campbell. Yeah, I think yeah. they're all in on Campbell as the starter. And if you bring Tuca in, you're, yeah, yeah. you're running a 1A, 1B, which isn't bad, but I, th- I think Toronto's looking to shake things up. Yeah, 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 I know. But it would just kind of be cool if Tuca went back to Toronto. Yes, I, I do agree. But uh, he won't. You're right. But here's so here's how it looks for mine. I have Tampa, Boston, Toronto, and then Florida being the wild card. Um, I think that was a pretty easy one to choose there. Uh, just yeah. because the bottom three teams are so far and away out of it, it's not even worth bringing them up at this point, unless Detroit has some sort of crazy turnaround, which I don't expect hey. to happen, but it's possible. They do have uh Nadelkovich. There you go. You got this, buddy. They have uh, yeah, so uh, maybe good goaltending could turn it around, but I don't think that's enough. Also, I think a big under the radar signing or uh, yeah, signing for them. Uh Pui Suter. I don't know why. I have a really good feeling about this kid. And I think it's a uh, an underrated signing that might come back to haunt a couple people. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. Keep your eyes on that suitor kid in Detroit from the people's GM himself. It's true. And unless you boys have anything else pressing, uh, that will do it. I don't think I got much. Uh, Off season hockey podcasting, just an absolute dream. Love it. You got anything, Adam? Are you, uh, I'm searching Twitter to make sure nothing broke while we were recording, but I don't see anything but a amazing video of Jordan Stoll's little child joining him on the ice for the very first time. Good enough. See, that is the pinnacle of hockey news right now, folks. So appreciate the short episodes while they're here because it's about to get real long once the season starts. Thank you again for listening to On the Power Play, episode 39, episode Dominic Hoshik. Go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OTPP pod on those socials. You can go to the links in the bio to go to our merch store, go buy up the merch. The weather's getting a bit colder. We have sweatshirts, blankets, what you need for the cold weather. We got that stuff. Go buy it up. It, it's on. It's cool merch folks. I'm not going to lie to you. It's cool. stuff. It's the best. It is the best. And it's put together best, by our friends best, at Southside productions. Thank you again for listening to this episode of On the Power Play, and we out! Bye!